But I, I'm middle-aged mom. I've got kids that are not babies anymore. And when I took that risk and stepped away from corporate, I really left with that vision of I'm going to do this life differently. The second half of my life is going to look really different. I'm going to be compensated differently. I'm going to create different structure. And ultimately, I'm going to give myself the gift of this freedom. And so like without scaling, I am still serving in that same mission, but I'm really not giving myself that authentic check back into what I really left corporate for. One of my all-time favorite quotes is Arthur C. Clarke's third law. Any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. I love this idea because not only does it apply to the iPhone in my pocket or the car that plays music from that phone as soon as I turn the key, but it also applies to the work we do on a daily basis. I've heard from so many small business owners over the years that what they do for their clients can feel like magic. Maybe you feel that way too. You don't know exactly how it happens, but you get on Zoom with a client and magic happens. You start writing sales copy for a client and magic happens. You get on a stage and magic happens. You start painting or designing and magic happens. Now, I don't in any way want to discount that feeling that comes along with making that kind of magic happen. But what I do want to do is point you to the underlying technology that makes it happen. Now, technology in this case isn't code or wires or processing units. It's a system. We all have them. And even when something feels like magic, there's a technology, a system that's making it all happen. So let me remind you of Clark's third law. Any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. The reason your work feels like magic is because it's really advanced technology. And listener, do you know what else that means? It means it's super valuable. You're listening to What Works, the show that brings you an inside look at what's really working to run and grow a small business today. I'm your host, Tara McMullen. This month, we're talking about scale. And as you might have already guessed, the advanced technology behind the magic you make on a daily basis could be the key to scaling your business. So far, we've explored this in the form of your special sauce. But really, special sauce is just another way of talking about advanced technology. In episode 236, Carol Cox shared how she's using her advanced technology to train other speech coaches to work for her. And in episode 237, Katie Schultz shared how focusing on her advanced technology allowed her to expand the capacity of her monthly mentorship program. Today, we're going to look at yet another way of scaling up based on your advanced technology, certification programs. My guest is Natalie Gingrich, the founder of the Ops Authority. After spending 15 years in corporate at a Fortune 150 company, she dove into entrepreneurship, leveraging her project management and HR experience to assist high-level influencers in the online and small business worlds. What she discovered along the way was that there was a ton of super capable women whose skill sets were not leveraged and whose natural tendency toward leadership wasn't acknowledged. To change that, she started training other women on how to leverage their skills as directors of operations. In this conversation, Natalie and I talk about why she decided to create a certification program instead of an online course, why she takes screening candidates very seriously, and how the certification unfolds from start to finish. We also talk about some of the new opportunities she sees for growth now that the certification program is underway and successful. Now, 
Let's find out what works for Natalie Gingrich. Natalie Gingrich, welcome to What Works. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am so excited to be here, Tara. Thank you so much for having me on, and I look forward to this. Yeah. So let's dive into this conversation around scale and the particular way that you are scaling your business. But first, let's let's get some context here. So how has your experience in the corporate world impacted the way you set up your business from the beginning? Awesome. So I was in corporate for 15 years, and I played various roles in corporate. So I think because of the time that I spent there, I really saw the execution from planning and strategy into tactics and implementation done right and wrong. So I think just witnessing that and being a part of that towards the, you know, when I was later in my corporate career, being able to see that play out well and wrong over time really set me up to to have a bag of tricks or a toolkit, if you will, that has really given me just the ability to slow down sometimes because it's so tempting to get in there and just start implementing. So that's really the biggest thing from corporate besides just the, the straight training and experience that came with it. That's awesome. Can you give me an example of a time when you have been able to resist the urge to just get in there and start implementing and and instead kind of slow down, really focus on the strategy, focus on the systems and the planning behind a particular idea or initiative? Absolutely. And I think that, I mean, I, I, challenge, I am challenged with this often as most other people are, because we'll have a great idea or a shiny object that comes across our desk and we fester on it and it's exciting and it's, you know, or it's like a great way that you feel like you can make money or I felt like I can make money really quickly. And as I do that, it's, I will go into like planning mode, but it's not strategic planning. It's like, what are the tasks I'm going to do today, tomorrow, the next day? What can my team do? And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, how does this actually tie in to my marketing plan and to, you know, the different offers, the, the established offers that we have coming up? So I, I've definitely done this with an event. I hosted an event. I actually went through the entire process of hosting an event. And when it came time, I don't regret the event or resent the event, actually. But when I got to the event, it was like, okay, this is really funky timing. Like I can't really pitch into anything else. And so there, it just was not a streamlined process and it certainly wasn't strategic. Okay. I can certainly resonate with that. And I also really appreciate you making the distinction between planning as it relates to strategy and planning as it relates to getting things done. Because I think a lot of people are, you know, they think their planning is fine because it is focused on the execution piece and they spend time on that, but they're not doing the strategic planning piece. And so I really appreciate you making that distinction. Okay. Let's start fast forwarding to where you are right now, which is in a position to start scaling up your own business. And in the past, you have been helping CEOs scale up their own businesses. And now that you are making that leap yourself, I'm kind of curious what the motivation there was. Why why decide to scale up now? Well, I can tell you that we have I've always wanted to impact more people and kind of following the same exact footsteps I've had for other, you know, my past career in corporate you know, you start out small, you grow in depth. And then I was fortunate enough to, to rise into leadership and playing really key roles in a really large corporation. When I stepped out, I knew I was going to do that, but I really wanted to like get down and dirty, understand the whole online business. I mean, that was not something that was familiar to me at all four years ago. So I wanted to understand the depth of 
really how I could transfer my skills from corporate, the innate and, and practical skills that I have, just the gifts that I bring to people, and then understand how they translate into the online business space. And so for the last couple of years, I've been supporting people one-to-one. I've been growing slowly and doing some group programs, et cetera. But ultimately, like many, like probably like you, but I, I'm middle-aged mom. I've mm-hmm. got kids that are not babies anymore. And when I took that risk and stepped away from corporate, I really left with that vision of I'm going to do this life differently. The second half of my life is going to look really different. I'm going to be compensated differently. I'm going to create different structure. And ultimately, I'm going to give myself the gift of this freedom. And so doing like without scaling, I am still serving in that same mission, but I'm really not giving myself that authentic check back into what I really left corporate for, which was to give myself more time, achieve some of those bucket list ideas and and things that I have on my list to get done. And so I feel like with scaling, I'm able to do both of those at the exact same time, which is the ultimate goal for me. Gotcha. So you took the training or are taking the training and certification route in terms of finding a way to scale. And I think there are probably a few different ways that you could have gone when it comes to scaling. So what made you want to take that particular route, creating training, creating a certification program? The agency model was calling my name. And I'm, if I do say so myself, I'm an excellent people manager. I've managed thousands of people, you know, hundreds of people at one time. I've got lots of experience and training in the HR disciplines. And so that was really my first gut. Like when I looked at this, I was like, man, I'm going to do an agency. I could see myself as kind of like if you will, an empire Mm -hmm. and having all these, you know, director of operations underneath me, I would be the point contact or, and eventually build some, you know, account leads, et cetera, et cetera. And I could see this entire vision for myself. And then kind of back to the the last question that you just, that you asked about the, the scaling and why I chose to scale. I really started to think of my kids. I mean, they're teenagers. And so it's not very, you know, I don't have that much time before they're out of the house. And I thought, man, this agency is probably not going to align with what I want personally at this point in my life. Could I do it one day? Great. I, I probably could. Great. But at this point, I was like, yeah, let me let me think. And so I pondered on this for a really long time. So did I want to go the course? What it came down to was, did I want to go the course route or did I want to go to the certification route? Mm. And I speak at a lot of events. And when I get off the stage, I'm usually inundated by wonderful women, female, female entrepreneurs that will ask me, I need a Natalie, or how do I get someone like you? Do you have anybody that's just like you? And literally that was the pinnacle moment when I walked away and I was like, Oh, there's clarity. I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to, to create a framework of the way that I work with business owners right now that has been really successful, profitable, et cetera. And create people who have similar skill sets. I mean, I like to think that I am unique, but I know from training so many people in corporate and even in in the online space that yes, I have a little bit of magic and a personality, but so do other people. (laughs) Other people have these exact same skills. And so I created, I developed this entire roadmap of how I work with people and I licensed the material and came together with with a certification. So now I feel really confident and comfortable in sharing these people with some other leads that come through. So when I get off of the stage today, I can say, oh, great. I've got these equipped people who do exact, who know my methods, who understand what operations truly mean, because that can be a real great area mm-hmm. as well. 
and I'm able to give them a validated lead. Fantastic. I love it. Okay. So we're going to get more into how you actually developed the certification and what that process looked like. But one thing I've been really interesting, interested in lately is sort of where people are drawing inspiration from. Um, because I know like in my lesser moments, I'm, I'm often tempted to think, oh, people are just so much smarter than me. They come up with these amazing ideas. I could never imagine that. And then, you know, I don't, I check myself and I realize, okay, we're all building on other people's success. We're all building on other people's ideas. So were there particular companies or, um, frameworks or certifications that inspired you as you started looking toward taking this direction? Yes, absolutely. I've seen certifications all over the place and growing up in the human resources space, proverbially growing, growing up in the, in the human resources and learning development spaces, I saw lots of certifications come through. So I loved the idea of duplicating myself through that way And I personally was looking into a life coaching certification when I first left Mm. corporate. I was thinking, hmm, I'll do that. And I did go through that. And I don't use it today, but it was an amazing experience. And if that was the reason that I did it, hey, it's all paying off. And the other, I'm seeing certified coaches all over the place. And so I did a lot of research to understand how you actually create a certification and what the qualifications need to be. The other thing, the Colby, K-O-L-B-E, that's an assessment that I have used in corporate and still use today every single day. But looking at their certification was a real inspiration to me for how to model mine after. Fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. I I, I love hearing those kind of like the, the yeah, the building blocks that people are building off of. Um, all right. I want to get into sort of the meat of the certification soon. But before we get there, I want to talk about how you actually went about figuring out, like you said, the framework, the roadmap that you were going to take people through. And as you were figuring that out, also what you were looking for in terms of actually putting that certification stamp on it. What were the what were the things that you knew you wanted people to be able to get out of the certification? Awesome. The I really broke down how I took a lot of time, did a lot of process maps and really identified how I was working with people. Some parts of that were really, really simple. Like I was doing a strategic mapping, which is, is the way I kick off relationships with clients. It was a standalone service. And then it also could have led into a retainer type experience for the clients that I was working with. And so that was the very first piece that was my, you know, onboarding That was the onboarding that I was using for my clients. And so that was the very first thing I did. And it took me, it probably took me six months to really get through this. If you're familiar with the Colby, I am not a quick start. So I'm a real (laughs) details person. So I'm not going to move at the speed of light. I am not going to be your big visionary at all. So it took me a long time to break this down. But when I did that, I first created a course, Tara, and that course was really the product of my onboarding. And so now I was selling this to business owners to be strategic in their own businesses. So I was giving that IP away Mm. or for exchange so that they could come up with this themselves because not everybody wants to work with somebody one-to-one. And then there are lots of integrators that actually are entrepreneurs or business owners. Mm -hmm. And so this was giving them the ability to do this without me, which was, you know, my first version of scaling But it also became my very first way 
to start mapping out how I was going to train people to do and to guide others through the experiences that I take my um, that I have taken my clients through. So I started there. I really broke down every single one of the pieces that everything from the way we onboard to the communication styles that we need. Um, there's my, there's a mindset component because again, that imposter thing that, you know, just naturally comes up, I think for every single person, mm -hmm. I don't think it's specific to any gender or any profession. I think it just comes up for everyone, but we really tackle the entire process, how I work with people, how to, how to start, how to maintain good relationships, how to be a good team leader. We're always focusing on processes, people, and planning. And that's, that's what created the framework initially. Got it. How about the certification piece? What were the things that you were thinking about in terms of benchmarks that you wanted people to be able to hit or things that you wanted them to be able to prove that they knew how to do so that you could put that stamp of approval on people who are coming out of the program? Awesome. So when they come, when they apply to the program, there's a couple different ways you can set up these certifications. And I was in between two different models. They would basically, uh, they would essentially purchase a course and then go through a certification or a test to qualify them at the end. Or, and this is the way that I ended up going and I feel really confident in it right now. I would do some screening up front, which would cost me a little bit more time and potentially less, less money. Mm -hmm. But they would, I would screen the people that I knew were perfect candidates to go through this experience. And so there's not necessarily a test ah, in the ah. framework I have today. It's all screened up front. So only the best candidates and the most applicable candidates are going to get in and have access to this content. So that I, I look at three things. Experience. This is a very high level. If you can imagine an executive in a corporation, this is an executive or a leadership role inside of a small business, whether it, whether it be online or you know brick and mortar, it does not matter. If you're looking for an operations person, it's not of this capacity. You're not looking for somebody that's entry level. So we're looking for experience. If you're familiar with rocket fuel, mm -hmm. they have two different types of, of quizzes. And I want to know the results from their, from the integrator test. And then lastly, I want their Colby because I've done some research with the Colby to understand the best candidates for this, the people who, the profiles that I would need for the best director of operations. And so I'm looking for all three of those and to make sure that these people are getting the content. I, I did not want it to be passive and a course model because I want to make sure that I can truly give the hand these people over to highly qualified leads and really know what I'm talking about and us all be on the same page. So it's a requirement before they get their certification that they have viewed every single module. There are 10 modules inside the course and all of them have to be viewed. Secondarily, the we have calls. These are optional. So that's the requirement. The optional part, which I have seen about 90% of the folks who have come through participate in. We have a call once a week where it's really a question and answer, but it's also their their opportunity to review, you know, use cases and test cases that they've gone through with themselves, how to communicate. We do a lot of the, you know, some role playing and also just some technical questions like how do I set this mm -hmm. up? We do a lot of offer validating because I'm not telling them how to run their business. I'm giving them skill sets. I'm definitely not doing business coaching here. This is really, you know, them to understand how to show up as a director of operations and potentially to up level what they're doing today. So we do have those optional calls and then I give them homework every single week. It has not been required thus far because I really tossed that around quite a bit. Do I require them to do this? But I felt with the, with validating the, with the criteria up front, I didn't really need to do that. 
So lots of people do it though. I mean, they've got a, a homework exercise every single week. If they want to, if they, if they care about the practical application, they certainly can do that. And we'll discuss that on our weekly call too. Awesome. Can you talk a little bit more about the selection process? What does the application look like? I know you mentioned the two different quizzes and then how are you actually measuring the candidates who apply to the program? So I mentioned earlier that process, people, and planning were really kind of the pillars, the background pillars of the deliverable we have to our future clients. And so I ask very detailed questions in this application. I'm getting them to rank themselves on there. I would do this in Mm. any job application as well, but um, essentially they are applying for a job. So I have set this application up very similar to that. So there's some self-rating Of course, there's some long form answers. I'm looking for experience. I'm looking for professionalism. I'm looking for that innate leadership. I also want them to rank how comfortable they are with all of the 10 modules that we're going to be talking about. And so one of those modules is financials. I can tell you by and far financials are the weakest area. So that tells me, that gives me great intel on who's coming in, but also how I need to beef up this material. Is there additional training that I need to do to get these people comfortable with financials so that they can truly partner with the CEO. Um, So that's, that has been very, very helpful on both sides. I love that. And do you have, is the actual acceptance, is it more of a like, yeah, this person's good. Or do you have a particular like score or um, yeah, I guess score that people need to meet and it's more black and white. So the Colby really helps me to be that to give me that boundary. Okay. I have, I've done hiring for a decade, so I'm mm-hmm. really, really cautious of biasness. So once I look through all of this, if they are truly a candidate, I will get them on a phone call. And then that's where the bias comes in, right? That's where the okay. two, the human connection comes in. And before that point, if they are not qualified, I never get on the phone. So I never allow myself to get into that space where I could make a judgment call based on harder emotion. That makes a ton of sense. Okay, cool. Thank you for sharing that. You'll hear exactly how Natalie's Director of Operations Certification Program is structured and what it covers in just a minute. But first, a word from our What Works partners. What Works is brought to you by Mighty Networks. Let's make this fall the season you embrace simplicity for yourself, your business, and for your customers. Enough with all of those apps and workarounds. It's time to bring your business and your customers together in one meaningful place online. And that's where Mighty Networks comes in. When you start your own Mighty Network, you're creating a home for your business and your customers away from the hustle and bustle of traditional social media and free from the convoluted workarounds of the online education and coaching space. You suddenly have one place for your customers to hang out and meet each other, one place for your online courses, programming, or content, one place for managing your payments and customer database. Pretty simple, right? Now here at What Works, Mighty Networks has drastically simplified our business. Our Mighty Network has given us a way to deepen our relationship with our customers, build stronger foundations for our company, and create the potential for almost unlimited recurring revenue. Ready to simplify your business? Give Mighty Networks a try today. Start absolutely free of charge by going to MightyNetworks.com. That's MightyNetworks.com. What Works is also brought to you by the What Works Network. 
time is running out to join us inside the What Works Network. So I wanted to give you a taste of the kinds of candid conversations we're having inside the community right now. First up, there's been a lot of talk about leaving social media and what that means for how you market your business. I have loved this conversation because it's been so great to see people talking about all the different ways you can connect with potential customers without following the social media playbook. It's also been really interesting to see business owners tease out their own personal concerns over the way social media platforms have made us rethink privacy and attention. Another conversation that caught my eye was about a serious client problem one of our members was experiencing. They were struggling with a project that had gone way out of scope and expectations on both sides weren't being met. So many different members rallied and shared their own experiences with moving through similar challenges. We've also had a pretty fruitful conversation around decreasing consultation no-shows. Members really took a deep look at why the problem was occurring in the first place instead of trying to band-aid it with reactive policies. Now, of course, there is so much more going on inside the What Works Network. On Thursday, September 26th, we're hosting our next virtual conference. Now, these conferences are the perfect opportunity to commit to working on your business with the support of the community. We meet together from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern on Crowdcast, but you're welcome to come and go throughout the day. I facilitate conversations between our speakers and our members and make sure your questions get answered. For this month's Scaling Up Conference, we'll hear about scaling your marketing with advertising, managing cash flow while you scale, scaling up service-based businesses, and scaling your operations with today's guest, Natalie Gingrich. Whether during special events like these or in our day-to-day conversations inside the What Works Network, it's the perfect place to learn, grow, and expose yourself to new ideas about running your business. Now, the doors to the What Works Network are closing to new members soon. Go to explorewhatworks.com slash network to learn more and join us. That's explorewhatworks.com slash network. Um, Can you just kind of walk us through what the program does actually cover? Sure. We start off with my onboarding process. So I call this the operational foundations of of someone's business. So this is how to create a strategic plan. This is how to set up your dashboard, your KPIs, things that so many business owners are not using and don't even have access to right now. So these, it's all females, by the way. So all of these director of operations are females. They are being, they are equipped to be able to set this up immediately in someone's business. And so my goal as a mentor to these gals is that they can come into someone's business and give them something very powerful very quickly and have that deliverable that is super valuable and aspiring that these business owners just don't typically do not have. So we start off with the operational foundations. We move into that that planning piece, which is the project management. We, we go over just very high very high level project management. Every single person who's coming into this into the certification is already a project manager to some degree. I don't require them to have, you know, a certification, a degree or anything like that, but I will test in that application process. I do test to make sure that they truly have the skill set and it's not just like yes, I like to make a checklist. They have to be thoughtful on how they create a plan. So we'll go over that just to make sure, again, everyone's on the same page. We're all practicing something very similar so that I can put that stamp on them. We move into the human resource part. This is also another area next to financials that they don't feel the strongest Mm -hmm. in. So 
I do a lot of synthesizing 15 years in human resources to help them (laughs) understand and be equipped. And honestly, I've stripped out, there's about seven different principles within HR and I've really stripped it down to about two. It's really team leadership that these people are, you know, hiring and team leadership. I would put that under one. And then the other part is understanding some of the regulations, which I know is a big snoozer to people, but we are dealing with so many people who have full-time and independent contractors. And it's important, at least within the United States, to understand what your boundaries are and how you can truly be of of strategic um, a strategic counterpart to the CEO. And so we go through that. I know it's not lovely, but that is something that I find is really missing in this space. And I've Amen. invested. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, oh, we won't go there, but there's a lot of opportunity. <laughs> we can have you back to talk about those things. <laughs> there's a lot of opportunity in just making sure that you truly are ethical, number one, and number mm-hmm. two, following the law and the regulations yes. that are out there. So I won't go, I won't dig deeper there. We And then we talk about the Colby because I do feel like it is a f- foundational method to understand who you're working with and who you're going to hire. The next piece, we, we go over financials. We move into communication practices, and this is some of that repeat knowledge that you kind of know, but this really, really, really allows me to make sure everyone is following the same meeting protocols. You're, as a director of operations, we're an expensive entity to many small mm-hmm. businesses, and so I want you know something so simple is creating a report, whether it's weekly, monthly, whatever the cadence is for you, but show your value. Show under, Have these people understand who are really paying you a significant amount of their profit, have them understand what you have done for them. And so we will talk about that through the communications. We wrap up with business practices as well as um, mindset, that mindset piece that we talked, that I spoke about earlier. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking us through all of that. I love that you cover (laughs) all those different things. How long does the process take? It's a 10 week commitment. Wow. That's fast. (laughs) <laughs> I feel like it's fast too. I We started at 12 weeks. The first time we ran this, it was 12 weeks and we ended up going to 14. The next time I ran this with a smaller group, more intense, built out the program, built out the, the just the infrastructure in total, we were able to shorten it. This is the first time we're in the middle of this right now. And this is the first time we're going to wrap up in 10 weeks but I'm not glued to a certain time frame. Honestly, for me to be able to give up, to hand over these leads, I'm going to take my time to make sure mm-hmm. that these folks are fully trained. Amen to that. How many people do you work with at one time in the program? I will take up to 20. We have okay. had, at this point, we've had 29 go through in three different sections. Okay, awesome. And do you mind sharing the cost of the program? Yeah, it's $29.97. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, where else can you learn a whole professional skill set for less than $3,000? That's amazing. I love, I mean, the, my goal and the, the way I came up with the pricing is how can I get these folks? I know what it, what it feels like to, to spend money on your professional development. We are pulled in this all the time as business owners and people who, I mean, entrepreneurs in general just want to continue learning. They're, 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 they love the development piece of what we get to do. And we are hit, we are not shy on the number of times we get hit up (laughs) for different offers. And so I really wanted to make the pricing doable enough so that they could earn their, they could earn back their investment within the first month after the certification and 96% have. Incredible. That is so amazing. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that too. As a business coach, people are like, why don't you increase the price? 
we'll talk about that later. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I think that kind of leads us nicely then into the marketing piece of things. How do you, how are you currently finding people who want to become director of operations and who want to go through um, kind of a skill building uh, program like this? Fantastic. So far, so I've got two different approaches. The first phase is where we are and where we have been, but that is really leveraging the online business market. So it's not just online business managers because that can be, again, there's terminology that is understood Mm -hmm. and misunderstood there, but really targeting people who have experience. And so I'm finding that in online project managers, online business managers, and even some virtual assistants that are out there. That has been our our primary focus for the last three campaigns or launches. Moving forward, I envision this this is a future statement. So I'm, I'm hoping all of this goes as, as planned, but just like me, I was in corporate, I was looking for something else. And mm-hmm. so I anticipate really growing this to just administrative personality types in general. So when you look at this, this type that I'm talking about, you see nurses, you see teachers, you see executive assistants from corporate, you know, project managers in corporate, business managers from corporate. So really looking at providing people that transition from a corporate or, a, or from a corporate state into being the, either if they want to be their own boss or if they want to just transition into, you know, a contractor or, or another role with a, as a full-timer with someone in a small business space. Yeah. I, I could be reading this wrong, but it sounds like there's sort of a bigger mission behind targeting that group of people. I can tell you that right now I am more fired up than ever to be able to just provide a profession that is utilizing someone's skill set without overcomplicating it. Trying to avoid some of the slippery slope that I got into when I left corporate, which is all of the bells and whistles and shiny objects that are around and how am I going to build this course and do this and do that. So many people out there just want to leave corporate and to still use their their education, their experience, mm-hmm. their training. And I feel like this is just a fantastic way without setting up this huge business structure, without making it overly cumbersome. Most people are not inclined to be entrepreneurs or even want to be business owners. They just want to live a life that really feels good to them. And so I do have a strong calling to to bring this profession, to up-level the profession, give these gals opportunities to be able to do that. I love that. Okay, so let's talk about let's talk a little bit more about the future. <laughs> because you told me that you're working on actually building out placement services for the people who go through your certification program. What do you imagine that looking like or what what do you have in the works for that already? I have already been matching people. It's just been one, you know, one to one and people who come to me and fill out my contact form on my own website. We have, you know, I would have a conversation with them, start to understand, start to build out that job description. And that's all been done for free thus far, but I needed the proof of concept to make sure Mm -hmm. that these, I was going to be strong enough in my own um, stance and be able to convey that other people can do this. It's not just me. And so that's been very exploratory and exciting for me. I feel like we've refined it. We've been able to place about six people so far, some full-time, some contractors, but essentially the process will be where a CEO, we've got two different groups of people here. So we've got CEOs and I call them DOOs or director of operations. So both of them are providing me an intake. The CEO is, is telling me what they need, what skill sets they're looking for, pretty much filling out the skeleton of a job, a job description without having to do all the heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. 
I'm taking that piece and also matching it with our certified director of operations. They're telling me on a quarterly basis how much capacity they have, what their values are, who they like working with, is there a particular strength that they have. And then I, to this point, have been personally matchmaking people. That is not scalable. (laughs) So I am looking right now into offering two different options for the CEOs that put this in. First of all, they would have access to the list and that would be for one price. For a higher price, I would maintain or have somebody else maintain the process that I'm doing right now. I'm finding that lots of people really like that personalized connection, especially at at this level of business. And when I say this level of business, I would say anywhere 300 to, I've dealt with, you know, 300K up to 22 um, million. That has been the the range of, of revenue that the business owners come to me looking for director of operations. And so some of them really like the high touch. They don't want to do the interviewing. They don't want to do that. They just want to know, hey, who are the three people that you would suggest? And then they take it from there. If they want something more passive and they just want access to a list, that's clearly completely fine, but they will be able to see all the criteria of the gals that have come through the program. Very cool. So I want to circle back to almost back to the beginning where we started, where you said um, that your initial sort of gut idea for scaling up was as an agency. And I would love for you to just sort of compare and contrast what is how this model of matchmaking or or just even creating kind of this placement service is different than building out an agency. Because obviously I can see that it is different. And I think probably most people could see that it was different. But maybe given like the specifics or asked for the specifics, they couldn't necessarily say, oh, this is she's saving herself time or she's saving herself energy or she's saving herself management. So what do you see as being the differences between offering placement services and actually building out a full agency model? You know, so many people will come through the certification and they don't necessarily need the training because they have great backgrounds and sometimes they're stronger than me in many of these areas. But what they're paying for is access to these leads. And instead of me keeping these leads and having to manage the relationship of not only the lead in that business, but also all the things that they're implementing. I mean, if I have, if that is underneath me and on my shoulders, it's going to take just a different level of emotional commitment from me. And physical, mm-hmm. honestly, uh, that physical, you know, I know what it's like to manage. I've tried to manage a dozen businesses at one time. It is a miserable way for me to live. So <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work for my family. It doesn't work for me, my health, et cetera, et cetera. So really this, the agency model still had me in the mix quite a bit. I feel like I'm able to disengage once I've made this match I check on them in 30 days and 90 days and make sure that the match is going well. And after that time period, this person that I have equipped is now running with this. And I am still returning my goods. I feel like I'm returning my goods back into the world and into their own financial pockets because they're able, I've I've already built them up. I've already given them the skills. They still have access to me as a mentor, but the director of operations is now able to make and continue with that, you know, retainer income that they're bringing in. So yes, it it shoots me in the foot a little bit because I'm not keeping that revenue, but I'm also trading it for stress and a lifestyle that I really was desiring. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love it. Well, we've reached the point in the interview where I normally ask people what's next for them or what's exciting them right now. And it sounds (laughs) like this is what's exciting you right now, but I'm curious if there's anything else. I am just started a podcast called the Ops Boss Podcast. And so that has been a fun journey. I'm really when I was really working on kind of my brand story in the last, you know, six to 12 months, I've been really thinking about 
how can I summarize operations? Because it's a pretty dry, you know, it's it's who I am. And I think I'm pretty fun, exciting and cool. But let me tell you what, operations is not understood by most people unless you come from a military background. So that has, that's just on my heart. That's really what I'm doing. So I've kind of, I have rebranded from a personal brand into the ops boss and adding that podcast on is really exciting. So that is exciting. Congratulations on that. Natalie Gingrich, this has been an awesome conversation. Thank you so much for a look inside your training and certification program as you scale up your business. Thank you. Find out more about Natalie Gingrich and the ops authority at theopsauthority.com. And don't miss your chance to go from listening in on candid conversations with small business owners to becoming part of the conversation. The What Works Network is open to new members for just a short time. Go to explorewhatworks.com slash network to join us. That's explorewhatworks.com slash network. What Works is produced by Yellow House Media. This episode was edited by Marty Seafeld. Our theme music is by The Shrugs. Find over 230 candid conversations about running and growing a small business at explorewhatworks.com.